Hey friends, welcome to the Life with Chris and Tatum podcast, where each week we'll talk about practical and relevant topics to help you live a life of freedom and purpose. Thanks for joining us today. For more information, please visit lifefellowship.tv. And now let's tune in with Chris and Tatum. Hey everybody, welcome to another exciting episode with Life with Chris and Tatum. Hey guys, we're glad you're listening. Today, for all of you who um, don't know, Chris and I are the pastors of Life Fellowship Church here in McKinney, Texas. Woohoo! And thanks so much for just helping us spread the word, um, inviting your friends and people that you know to be a part of the Life Fellowship community with us. Yep. Hey, this this community continues to grow and it is December, honey. Can you believe it? I can't. It's crazy. It's already here. This year has flown by so quickly. Think about everything that has happened this year. I know. It feels, in some ways, it feels like 10 years, like it didn't fly by quickly, if I'm honest. And then I look back and holy cow, it did, parts of it did go fast. So I'm with you. It's already here. It's already here. Do y'all have your tree up? You know, we put our tree up every (laughs) Halloween. It's our new tradition with mm-hmm. grown kids. They're too old now, so we don't um, do anything fun that night mm-hmm. outside of decorating for Christmas. Christmas decorations is never that fun. That is fun, honey. I enjoy it, but I'm just saying we don't do anything like For the record, with the kids. I'm not a huge total fan of it. Of what? Of Christmas? Clarify, no, clarify. Of putting up all the decorations. Although I do like some of the- Because uh, you're a guy. The- Most guys don't get into- no, I like seeing some like of the, uh, the the ornaments, and it just brings back memories. This year, we had one of our ornaments from our first year of marriage that we had to I had to glue it back together. Yeah, you broke it, babe. I know, but I got some epoxy and made it happen. All right, nobody wants to know about all of that, but you do a really good job of making our house feel Christmassy and just beautiful. Thanks, babe. I try. Well, today. We're going to talk about, dun, 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 dun. what is it, honey? The seven churches of Revelation. Okay. so The I know. topic all of you okay. have been waiting for. Now, here's what we're going to do. As we start talking about this, I think you're going to actually, T- Tatum is going to, there, there's a lot of things here that have already been uh, stirring in your heart for this. And I've got a lot of things that I can't wait to share with you as, as well. It's going to be good. So- uh, let me let me just say this. You made mention of it earlier, but this these last couple of years have been unlike anything we've ever experienced. Yeah, yeah. in I'm, our lifetime, like yeah. No, nobody. My grand, nobody that I know has ever been through anything like this. Uh, and I'm telling you, Bible college never gave me a playbook how to be a leader <laughs> in discontinuous uh, discontinuous times like this. It never taught me how to how to lead a church. Um, they didn't. They didn't give me a detailed plan how to be how to be a leader in times like this. Yeah. Think about everything that's happened in the last two years. There's been a global pandemic yeah. with COVID. There's widespread social unrest, deep political divides, uh, inflation, financial challenges, supply chain issues. I mean, I yeah, everything. It is- just goes on and on. I, I I was kidding the other day. I, I actually about a year ago I put out on social media. I said, "Man, if there was one more thing that happens, I'm going to take the next you know space mission to Mars on Elon <laughs> Musk's <laughs> hey. rocket." Because it just remember it just seems like every week now we have a new uh, variant that's out. Yeah, there's 
a lot happening. Yeah, and the world definitely feels like we're getting, um, we're nearing the end as we yeah. bring up the topic of revelation, but it's the truth. No, I really do. And Jesus made it very clear. He said, don't freak out when all these things are going to happen uh, because they have to happen because the earth is groaning because there is coming, the, the Lord is, is coming. And so all that to say, you know, I've never been through a season like this. Bible college never gave me a playbook uh, of how to do this. But the Bible does reveal the Lord's heart for, for his church, for you and I in the last days, and we're in that. So if you're an, a, a new uh, Christ follower, you would need to know that there are seven letters that are written in the last book of your Bible to seven different churches via the disciple John. So he was on the Isle of Patmos. He was exiled there because of his faith. Mm-hmm. And in Revelation chapters 2 and 3, you ought to go read them today. Go check them out. Um, he describes, he writes down these seven different letters that are to be given to these seven different churches that come from Jesus himself. And so here's what I, we're going to look at today. And, and this is going to be really relevant, okay, uh, and very telling of where we're at in culture mm-hmm. today. But I want to look at what I want to call seven diagnostic questions that Jesus is asking every one of us as his followers to consider. And here's what I'm going to promise. If you listen to this entire podcast, one of these questions that Jesus asks, one of these letters that he writes to these seven churches is going to hit you square in the heart. And the only way I can say it is that it's going to hurt oh so good. (laughs) Okay, so I just double dog dare you with a cherry on top to listen to these encouragements uh, from the Lord. And so here's the first question: Are you passionately in love with Jesus and His church? Okay, that that to That's me a- is like a huge question right there, because a lot of people are. They're not. In fact, this was the question that Jesus directed towards the church in in. Ephesians or in Ephesus. The listen, these guys, they had so many things going for them. These guys worked real hard. Um, they were strong in biblical doctrine and morality. They had grit uh in the face of hardship because yeah. they were experiencing tough times and tough persecution in that day. Uh, they were doing God's word, but they were missing one thing. Mm. The most important thing that the love for God. So they were performing. The they were. I mean, they, they had it yeah. all going on. They were like a machine. You can do really good works and good things, but and they without, were without love. So they were. Right? Listen, think about that. They were strong in biblical doctrine, morality. They they had grit, but they didn't. They had lost their love for the Lord. Think about that. And Jesus addresses them first of all, and I think that the order is important. I think yeah, it is. It's true. You always say that. It's true. Yeah, it is. Uh, so he commends them for all. So what I love about the Lord is, even though that there were some areas or this one area that they needed to, to work on. Yeah. So they need. He was gonna. He's gonna talk about that they need to return back to their first love, but he also makes sure that he commends them. And the Lord is so good. He doesn't just correct somebody without giving them encouragement. 
It leads it's us sweet. so well. Yeah, yeah. By saying you, I, you're doing this well, you're doing this well. But you want to read that part of the verse? There's one thing that I have against you. Yeah, Jesus lost your first yeah, love. He said, Jesus said, "Hey, hey, Ephesian church, uh, that I love so much. I'm, I'm so glad that you work so hard. You got all these great qualities. You guys are." You guys are killing it on all this, but I have one thing against you, he said. One thing. You have forsaken hmm. the love that you first had. That's a real question we all have to ask ourselves. At, for, for any believer who's been serving God or has had um, Christianity and faith as a part of your life for any amount of time, I think that's a fair question and a challenge we have to like confront ourselves with regularly because it can become easy to just get into a rut, get into a a pattern of doing good things, of living moral lives, of living according to the Bible, but really the Lord's saying that's not that's not what matters. Like do you actually love me? Do does your heart actually burn for me? Do you do you care about the things that I care about? Um, or, or are you just seeking me to like bless your life and for the benefits of who I am, the benefits of my children? Do you just want the good things that I have to offer, or do you actually love me? Do you love me? I'm thinking about um, a story that we've um, Chris has used as some analogies before. Just as we're approaching the holiday season and Christmas, and the whole idea of um, parents when you um, buy gifts for your kids and you. And you're so excited to, to for them to open and to see like this thing they've been wanting, this thing they've been waiting for for such a long time, and how sweet of a moment it is when um, when your kids come down the stairs, comes, yeah, when they, when they open yeah. that gift. But but and they're excited, and you love that. But what makes it so meaningful? What really touches your heart as a parent, and I believe what touches the heart of God our father as our father is when we appreciate when we when we come to him we're not just seeking the gift that he can give us but right when we say lord it's like it's you that we want it's you that we love you're the one like you're the one that I'm I'm thankful for not just because of the benefits of being your child but because of who you are and we know how that feels when when our kids touch our hearts and they are so thankful, mom, dad, thank you. It's not just the focus on the gifts and what we give and, oh, yeah, you provide for me and you meet my needs and you whatever. But no, it's about relationship. We want that with our own, um, our own children, our own flesh and blood. And that's what the Father wants from us, relationship, not just give me things, provide, meet my needs. He's always been after our hearts. Yeah, he wants our hearts. If he wanted things done and accomplished, he's got angels to do that. He could snap his finger and make it all happen, like, boom, done. Yeah, it's not only, what are you doing? Yes, there are, yes, there are assignments and, for and, you. And he yes, what you do can, can uh, show love. It can show love. Sure, I do sure. things for you, and it sure. and it shows love. Yeah, but God doesn't look at the outward. It says He looks at the heart. So He's looking at your heart. He's after our hearts. He's after yeah. our heart. And I think it's just a, it's a, a a real strong encouragement for all of my Type A personalities that are out there that you just want to drive and do and perform and reach new goals and yeah. new levels and, and all that. Mark off your checklist. And, and I think God loves all accomplish. that because he commends them. He's, yeah. say, he's not saying any of those things are bad. Yeah. He's like, that's good. But 
I want your heart. I want you. Yeah. I was, mm-hmm. I've never been after those things. I've been mm-hmm. after you. And if the byproduct of those things is, uh, the byproduct of love is those things, yeah. that's great. But love has got to be the motivation because that's what he's looking for. And he tells us, he says, you need to return back to your first yeah. love. I was actually just going to say, maybe we just give a, a, some pointers on if you feel like um, you need to get back to that place, what what steps do you need to take? What do you need to do? And I think- He, he actually says, go back and do the it. things yeah. that you did at, at first. first. Yep. So like you think about a husband and wife, when they fall out of love, what do we always encourage them to do? Go back and do the things you guys used to do. You guys used to hold hands. You guys used to say nice words to each other. Yeah. You used to go on dates. You used to, you know. You used to laugh. You used to be playful. You used to, like, yeah. And that's what the Lord's saying us to us today. Like, go back to what you first did when you first became a believer, when you first trusted God. Do you remember the moment when you really surrendered your life, when you really said, God, I am giving you lordship over my life. I will do whatever you want me to do, whatever you tell me to do, God. I'm going to follow you. Mm -hmm. I'm yours. Like You bought me with a price, and I'm going to do whatever. And it was a response that was out of love. It wasn't like, well, I'm doing it because I have to. It was like, oh, I want to. I I love you. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's how we get back. You go back to the first Remember. love. Remember what you did. I'm coming back to the heart of worship. Sing it, babe. And it's all about you. That's a good song. Anyway, okay, that's a um, that's that's the, where it starts. That's where it starts. I think as we walk into the next these seven steps, um, man, it's gotta. Everything has to start and come come back to. Does the Lord really have our heart, or are we just caught up in doing? good works and being moral people, or are we captivated by the love of Jesus Christ? Does that still mean something to us? Does mm-hmm. he still mean everything, or is he just a part of our list? Yeah. And if he's just a part of your list, he's not on your list, because God said, I want to be at the top of your list. And I think that our life and our love and our heart will, will, uh, will demonstrate that. And if you've if you've lost that first love, can I just encourage you? You can you you can you can come back to that place where he is the first in, in yeah. your life. And don't can, don't believe the lie from the enemy that just says, "Well, uh, it'll you're never too far, be." Or you messed up too much. It's such a lie. You, it is a lie, and the enemy loves to make you believe that you have gone too far, that you've made too many mistakes in one prayer, in one moment of a truly surrendered heart and a really repentant heart. God, forgive me. Yeah. You can be right back you in this back, walk with the Lord. But you're going to you're going to have to do some things. Jesus said you need to do the things that you that that, that you first that did. That you first did. Yeah. So you're going to have to do some things. So you can turn your heart to yes, the Lord. Yes. But then you're going to have to begin have to, to change, change. You're uh, have to change some things. Some priorities, yeah. So let me ask you uh, the question again. It's the very first question that Jesus wrote in this church, and I think it's so applicable to the day and age that we live in right now. Are you passionately in love with Jesus and his church? Listen, the number one goal that Jesus has for us is that we stay in love with him. So let me, let me just say one more thing on this, okay. and then we'll, we'll go to the second church, and that's this. Falling in love is easy. Mm-hmm. Staying in love is hard. It's a simple thing to fall in love. Yeah. People do it all the time. How about staying in love? Staying. Nobody ever talks about staying in love. 
all you ever hear is, oh, I fell in love. <laughs> but That's what stands the test of time is the staying. But staying in love is, that's tough stuff. It's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. It takes a commitment uh, because nothing just accidentally happens. You don't just accidentally get closer to God. You don't just accidentally get healthy. You don't just accidentally get financially fit. You have to, you have to position your heart in such a way that you are close to him. And so again, he tells us, go back and do the things you used to do when you first fell in love. So, hey, everybody, let's do that. Here's the second church. And that's, and he asks them this question. He said, do you stand strong when tested? Okay. So this the is the one. question that Jesus directed towards the church at Smyrna. <laughs> Smyrna. Why do you say it like that? Because <laughs> it's funny. I don't care what you say. That's funny. Yeah. So listen to this. These were, this was a church that were, they were living in some very difficult circumstances. Jesus even said this. He said, you're going through afflictions. You're going through poverty. And in fact, this so intrigues me. Jesus even told them that some of the challenges that they were in the middle of were demonic in origin. He even said this, and and I'm going to quote this. He said, the devil will put some of you in prison to test you and you will suffer persecution for 10 days. So did you hear that? Yeah. He said that the devil will put some of you in prison to test you. So let me just remind you that whatever you're going through right now isn't just natural. Yeah. It's spiritual. There's everything that happens in the natural is only preceding something that spiritually has has already occurred. Do you know what I'm saying? Like Mm -hmm. we... I think it becomes easy for us to forget that really we, the supernatural world is is more is much real more than this active world. and real than we can than we yeah. can imagine because we don't see with our natural the, eyes. The, the spiritual world is the world that created this world. Exactly. It's it's exactly. the realm where God lives in. Yeah, it, it's it it's way more real than this realm that we live in, and we forget that so oftentimes. We just think, yeah. oh, we get kind of I'm, caught in the day to day things, and we just think, ah. Oh, I'm I'm suffering persecution or some difficult things happen to me. I'm just like, oh, I guess no. There's a, there's it's not always the case. Yeah, there's oftentimes, oftentimes spiritual warfare going on. Um, and like the Lord said, even what you just quoted, Chris, that um, yes, oftentimes it it is a test. You know, there are tests that um, we have to talk about standing strong through the midst of the difficulties and challenges that are often not ever understood. <laughs> we can't we can't we can't grasp why or how what we're facing, but there's so much spiritual activity going on behind behind those um hardships in life. And can I just tell you that the devil is not attacking those that are walking alongside him. He Right. Usually when it's you that are going in the opposite direction that are creating some um Challenges for his, yeah. for the kingdom of darkness. Yeah, Who do you think he's going to try to take against out? that darkness and bringing light into your world, into your You're impacting family, people you're changing, and you're being generous yeah, with your finances. Changing and the your... spiritual environment. And, and he hates that. So, right? He's going he's gonna to fight against it. But we are victorious through Christ. We are. And so, the devil is such a dummy. Can same, I say that? Same tactic. Can I say that? Can I say the Sounds devil's like a kids. dummy? <laughs> Do you remember when they were little? No. They used to ask permission because we didn't. When our kids were really little, we didn't allow them to say the word "stupid." So, children, if you're listening, and that's a bad word in your house. For us, it was. I, 
But we would give him permission to say that Nash would always ask it. Yeah, can, can I, I say, say that the devil's stupid? Yeah, he had a lisp and it was really cute. And then they would just march around, the devil devil's is stupid, stupid. The, the devil, devil is stupid. And it was like awesome. Anyways. They loved it. Let your kids say it. But okay. hey, listen, the fact that the Lord addresses that when he said that the devil is going to put some of you in prison to test you and that you're going to suffer suffer persecution for, for, uh, for a period of time... This this is also a great reminder for all of us that we as Christians, we're not immune to suffering, regardless of yeah. your spiritual maturity or your social status. Yeah. We still live in the same world, right? A fallen, broken uh, world that's full of... We serve a good God, but a bad devil, and he wants to take you out. Mm-hmm. And the devil, again, he's so stupid. He thinks that, well, if I bring this persecution, that's going to cause them to fall away. No, it actually causes us to lean in closer to the Lord. The fastest growing nation, a Christian nation in the world right now is Iran. Mm-hmm. And they're experiencing tremendous persecution. Yeah. And, and, look, and the church is flourishing. Just multiplying. Just flourishing believers all the time because they're seeing the power of God and the miraculous happen in the midst of such persecution. You can't deny that Christ I is would real. Not, I would not. I would not. Um, I think that there's coming a day that the persecution to Christians in America, we're already seeing it, but I think it's going to, I think that the, the heat is going to be turned on here in the days to come, mm-hmm. and many are going to fall away, but then there's also going to be those that it is going to it refines us. refines who you, Do you are. Know what I mean, refines us. And there's going to be a church that is going to be stronger than yeah. you've ever seen, yeah. and the miraculous is going to flow. The dedication, the loyalty, everybody, don't be caught off guard. Because Jesus told this church in the book of Revelation, some of you are going to be put to test. Listen, Jesus has never promised to remove difficulties from your life. Instead, he said, and I quote. When he said to this church, he said, be faithful even to the point of death, and I'm going to give you your victor's crown. Yeah, yeah. The, How incredible is that amazing. to have the victor's yeah. crown in heaven? The Lord talks a great deal about people who have been martyred for their faith. I mean, it matters. I mean, it's huge to the Lord. And those crowns are not just uh, some fashion statement. There's different levels and... um of authority that are in heaven. And I'm telling you, hey, if if we just serve Christ merely for earthly benefits, the hardship that you go through, the persecution that's going to come your way is going to derail you and potentially destroy you. We're going to have to stand strong in tough times. And we need, we're going to need to have a focus on heaven. And Jesus just made it very clear. Yeah. In the second question, he said, do you stand strong when tested? Or do you just... Yeah. And we're not diminishing the hardships that, you know, that so many of you listening are facing, that it doesn't, that it's not extremely difficult, that you could not survive or make it through it. Have you not have Christ with you? Do you know what I'm saying? I'm not, we're not suggesting that because um, you're a believer and because you feel like giving up or life is too hard, that somehow that um, means you're not. A good enough person. Do you know what I'm saying? But what you have to remind yourself and hold on to is the truth that Jesus promised to never leave you or forsake you. And any storm that comes against you in your life, you have the anchor of Jesus Christ to hold on to, knowing that He is walking through the storm with you. It doesn't mean that you you will get to go around the storm or that you can somehow just jump over it in this desert time of 
um, suffering and terrible things just can go quickly. No, it's that's not the truth. But we know that though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, the Lord says you're walking through it. You're not going to sit down and stay there. It's not going to be the end. It's a season. It's a terrible season when you suffer and when life is hard and then there's tragedy or unexpected pain that you just can do nothing about outside of, I trust you, Lord, and I know and take comfort that you're walking with me. You're not leaving me to go through this by myself, but with your help, God, I'm going to get through it. I'm not going to sit down in the valley and stay here. I'm going to walk through the valley of the shadow of death, and you will be with me. And I think we just have to remind ourselves, God, this is awful, and it's terrible, and I may not understand it, but I'm thankful that you are going to walk through it with me. This is a season, and this too shall pass. It's not going to be your forever. It's a season, and by God's grace, you'll get through it. He'll equip you, and you'll get through it. I think we could close the podcast out right there with that. Hallelujah. Let's go to heaven. That was amazing. No, I really feel like that speaks into so many people's lives right there. Yeah, we're not dismissing I was at the gym the other day, and and I asked a guy, because he comes to our church. I've seen a bunch of people uh, at the the gym there, and I asked him, I said, I was walk. I was getting ready to walk out, and I said, "Hey, man!" And I called him by name. I said, "How, how you doing?" It was early in the morning, and uh, he said, "I'm not doing good." I said, "Well, really?" He said, "Can can we talk?" And so we went and found a, a like a private little space where there were some couches, and I sat down with him. And uh, he he lives with excruciating pain, crippling pain, uh, in his back. And I said, "But you're here at the gym." He's like, "I just I have to keep moving forward." He said, can I read you something? He said, I was up at 5.30 this morning. And he said, every day I journal my prayers to the Lord. And Mm -hmm. so he has it in his phone. And he began to read his journal to the Lord of the challenges that he is going through. And right there in the gym, he's crying, tears coming Mm -hmm. down as he's reading through this, uh, this, his prayer. And all the difficulties and the hardships and the excruciating pain and uh, I mean, I, I'm not going to tell you all of the things that, that he, he described, but at the very end of that prayer, he said, but Lord, I choose to put my hope in you. I yes. put my trust in you. And I know, Lord, that you're with me in everything. Yeah. And so I'm going to keep my heart and my faith and my everything with I you. Do, I yeah. trust you completely and you and you alone. Mm-hmm. And I looked at him and I said, and I, I called him by name. I said, the... Uh, the spiritual maturity that you have, yeah. the grit. So many people would just say, God, forget you. That's, yeah. And he he communicated something. I said, I'm telling you, you've got the Lord's attention. And I don't know why this is these things are happening right now, but God is going to mm-hmm. honor your heart, your prayers. And we went and found a little corner, and him and I, we just prayed together. Yeah that God would just move yeah. in his life. And- I think what it comes back to is the very first statement that we started out with talking about the point of like, does you, is your heart really, like is your first love really the, the Lord? Because life can be so painful, like truly, life can be so hard. And there's so many challenges that as, um, as Christians, in, until you've had some years, like lived a while and served the Lord for a while that you... You, it's easy to believe, oh, if I become a Christian, I'm not going to face the same things that the rest of the world faces, right? People, we want to believe that, want to tell ourselves that, but it's just not reality. And unless our love is truly burning and passionate and a real love for the Lord, the 
the pain of life can make you want to give up. So again, I come back to, you know, like, does the Lord really have your heart? Are you really in a relationship with Him? Because if you're just like going through the motions and it's not genuine, life can be so hard that you just will quit, right? Who wouldn't? Except for the Lord, who wouldn't? Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, we have to, we can stand strong when we're tested. The only way that we can is because of Jesus Christ. That's right. That's all. That's there's no other you can't do it. You can't make it without him. No. Nope. But with him you can do all things through Christ who strengthens Amen. you. Amen. Here's the third letter that is written uh to the churches. And um here's the question that he that he posed. So the Lord Lord asks, are you Producing biblical disciples. So, I should say John asked, not the Lord. We're talking no, about the Lord. The Lord is asking this question. Okay. Are oh, you yeah, producing yeah. biblical disciples? So this was a question that Jesus directed towards the church in Pergamum. 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 Yeah. Pergamum. 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 Sorry. <laughs> Tatum's looking at me going, stop. Hey, and I know, I know those eyes. Tatum, Everyone listening Tatum, was Tatum, looking at you. Tatum knows how to give me the, the evil eye. Whatever. And I know what that is. My mom did that to me all the time growing up in church. I'd be goofing around with my, my friends. you were kind of mischievous. I was, I was, yeah. But I would be in service, and all of a sudden, I just knew somebody was looking at me. I always feel like, like somebody's what. So I'd be goofing around, and I just felt like, man, somebody is looking at me. I'd look on over, and there's mom, and she got one eye looking at me. Oh, yeah. And that's the one eye that says- Mama look. If wait you don't straighten up, <laughs> you wait till we get. You just wait. She's all sweet to everybody until we get home, and then woo. Okay, back to this question. Where do we go there? Are you producing biblical disciples? So this is uh, this was a question, uh, a letter ri- written to the Church of Pergamum, and Jesus said that these were Christians that actually lived, and here's what he said: where Satan had his throne. So let me just say this. I want to encourage you. You may be living in the same house as the devil himself. You may work in a, com- a company where the boss <laughs> is a devil. You, you, may be, you may be in a city full of, of like the demonic or the devil, but I'm going to tell you that you can resist the pressure that he's trying to put on, on you because Jesus praised them and said, you did not renounce your faith even when some of you died for your faith. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. So I'm just telling you that you can stand strong. Mm. I'm just going to encourage you, no matter who's in your home, who you work with, who's your neighbor. Uh, yeah. Can I share a story really quick? Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about um, we. one of our sons has a... Um, one of our sons. Why did I say that? We only have one son. <laughs> we only have one. His he has a friend who is from a a, a, diff, a different country that he's in Bible school with, and I won't go into the details or re- reveal any of that just for um, his privacy. But um, his friends, he comes from a, a Hindu nation and ha- grew up in a, in a Hindu household. And just as an example of the persecution that his uh, family is facing, his mom became really sick recently. Um, and, uh, and the community that they live in was actually celebrating. Like he told us the whole city was like celebrating that she was sick. She was given like a death sentence. They thought she's not going to make it. Doctors told her 70% chance 
she's going to die. And this sweet boy is here in the U.S. going to Bible college and and really going through a lot, knowing that his mom is far away and she may not make it. And she just um, Accepted became Christ. a Christian. And now their community is celebrating, uh, because... celebrating because she's sick. So tur- turning against her family, saying, you turn to another God and it's now you're going to die. And just things that we cannot imagine here as Americans people treating us and and behaving and and acting this way um but that are normal for so much of the rest of the world because of their faith because of their faith so when chris says like you could be living in a in a very harsh environment maybe you live with someone um who who is really uh hateful to you mean to you because you serve the lord or you work with people um who are like that you you can withstand um, and and really stand strong in your faith and grow in your faith with the help of the Lord and the Holy Spirit, um, because you have Jesus Christ. But it, it's oftentimes those really hard, difficult seasons are what God uses to develop, to grow, to mature you. Because there's such sacrifice in you choosing Jesus, right? Because you're choosing mm-hmm. Him, you're paying a penalty for it. So um, that that's what we're talking about here. Just wanted to give you a story. Okay, so these are people that they didn't renounce their faith, even when some died for their faith. However, Jesus brought, brought some correction to them, and he said that they were tolerating immorality. In other words, they wanted the benefits of salvation, but they didn't want to count the cost of discipleship. And to me, this church reminds me that as a leader, I need to live, to lead, to disciple people to become lifelong followers of, of Christ. Yeah. You know, so that we're not just standing in and of ourselves, by ourselves, but that we've got to raise up people that know. And Jesus is, mm-hmm. is big on discipleship. He even told us, he said, go into all the world and and make disciples. Mm-hmm. Make disciples. Uh, Diedrich Bonhoeffer, he was the famous German preacher that um, stood up to the Nazis and they executed him. He's an incredible martyr for the Lord. His his life, his legacy is incredible. You need to study his life someday. You can read about him in, in Fox's book of martyrs. But he made this statement. He said, salvation is free, but discipleship will cost you your life. Wow. And so, and it literally cost him his life. Thank wow. the Lord yeah. for us living in America. Um, it's, it's not going to cost, cost, you cost you your life. life. No. It's not. But... We, we, salvation is free, but we've got to understand that discipleship, you are- It often costs you something. It It should cost you. It needs to, or else it's not discipleship. It doesn't- Let me read you this first really quick. Um, From Ephesians, um, Ephesians 4, I just was thinking of as we were, as we were reading and now I lost my- Okay. Ephesians 4 verse 1 says, as a prisoner of the Lord, I beg you, to live in a way that's worthy of the people that God has chosen to be his own. And for me, that that means like we should live in a way that is worthy of the price that Christ paid for us to be called his children. If we're not being discipled, we're not growing, we're not in some way like paying a price by saying, I'm not going to live like according to the world. I'm not going to live 
according to their standards. I won't do what the rest mm-hmm. of the world does. It's going to cost me, right? Some friendships, some Friday nights out, some whatever that looks like for you. You have to say no to some worldly things if we're going to be disciples of Christ. And Ephesians 4 just so beautifully reminds us, like we, it says, as prisoners for the Lord, yep. I urge you live a life that's worthy of the calling that we've received. We've been called by God to live separately, to not be of the world. Are the things that you're living for worth Christ dying for? Ooh, good word, babe. Mm-hmm. And these are just some incredible uh, letters, yeah. letters and encouragement from the Lord that I think are so relevant. Isn't this good? Yeah, Today's true. been really good, hasn't it? I think so. Yeah. I mean, it's me and it's you, so but I encouraging. Like it. And it's yeah. also, it hurts oh so good. Yeah, it's like, to be to bring us back because again before the lord um brought correction he always brought encouragement and so yeah. just know that we are encouraging you we are standing with you yeah. and i am so excited because next week we're going to talk about the last four of these churches and um, in revelation in revelation say, yeah. and one of them i think represents the church of america and I'm going to share with you good. which that yeah. one, which that one is, and you're going to be shocked at what Jesus says to them. And I think that it's going to hit us all square in the heart and cause us to make some adjustments. And all this is going to be and good grow for from us. It. Yeah, that's right. We're going to right. we're going to grow. We're going to get better. So hey, everybody, I want you to know we love you. Praying for you. Pray you have an awesome day. Just remember, you are a son and a daughter of the Most High God. You hold your chin up high and you walk. You walk with boldness in this world because God is walking with you. We love you, everybody. God bless. Bye-bye.